Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast. My name is Joe Glover and I'm very grateful for you being here today. Today we're going to be hearing from Kat Sale, who is the Director of Operations at Serpico. She speaks all about driving growth through PPC. Now, PPC, of course, is one of those subjects that is really true to the hearts of a lot of marketers out there. It's a very strong acquisition channel. We spend a lot of time talking about the results that we drive through PPC. For the reason that it drives a lot of sales, it is also one of those subjects which people could consider quite sexy, I guess. Um, And there's always a hunger to find out more about it. And it's for that reason that I invited Kat along to come and speak about how to drive growth on a business level through PPC. And she provides some really wonderful um, case studies throughout the course of her presentation, which really illuminate the power of uh, pay-per-click advertising. I really hope you enjoy this talk. If you'd like anything more from the Marketing Meetup, head to themarketingmeetup.com, come to one of the events, listen to some other podcasts. Basically everything is at themarketingmeetup.com that you could ever want from us. Um, I want to say a big thank you to Barry, the wonderful, beautiful human being who puts together these podcasts for us. He runs Bravo Marketing, which can be found at bravomarketing.co.uk. Barry specializes in driving results from content, which is something that is really important. If you're investing a lot of time in content, which a lot of us do, then you actually want to be finding out the kind of results that you're driving. Barry, in many ways, is a a parachuted in kind of creative director type. He really values creativity and really brings some new ideas to the table. So I recommend you check him out. With all that said, I'll leave you to Kat and I really hope you enjoy this talk. Wow. (laughs) Thanks, especially thanks to Mitchell. That was very nice, made me feel pretty good. Um, so what an act to follow, I'm, I'm not going to lie, a bit nervous now because that was amazing. Um, I'm here to talk about PPC, so quite different, not quite so deep and meaningful. Um, a few tactical things that we do at Serpico, um, the agency that I work at, um, specifically about PPC. So I've done this presentation one time before and the, the brief at the time was how to drive fundamental business growth via PPC. So I just want to talk kind of top level about the tactics that I live by. Um, And I guess these are tactics for life in the sense that, you know, it's fundamental to really assess what's going on around you, you know, especially the business that you're working in or the customers that you work with. You know, we've already heard a lot about why that's important. Really take a look around you and understand things and then obviously adapt your strategy or, or, or techniques to that based on what's going on. And then, of course, repeat and basically keep repeating that forever. So (laughs) I'll talk through some examples just after one second while I go through kind of where we've come from. So these stats show how advertisers have changed their spending on marketing over the last year. So it's just the last year. And you can see at the very top, there's all the all the different digital channels that, you know, are really exciting and prosperous now. You know, Facebook, Instagram, Google Ads. And at the bottom, you've got your more traditional media, you know, TV, print, radio, and so on. Well, this is important to note because, 
you know, 10 years ago, I worked in, um, I worked at my local newspaper and I used to sell ad space to car dealers, basically. Um, so I used to drive around basically approaching all these different garages and car dealers and saying, do you want to put an ad in the back of the newspaper? It's pretty good. Um, it works. It works. We didn't know how it worked, obviously. Um, and back then, you know, there wasn't really much competition, especially not via digital. It was all about well, you know, I aspire to have a radio ad or maybe even TV one day. Um, and, you know, the, the customers that I would speak to would never talk about PPC. Didn't really know what PPC was. I didn't know what PPC was. Um, but certainly in the last three to five years, you know, digital channels are fundamental to advertisers. Um, and I think that's important to highlight before we get into the tactics I'm going to employ because it means that there's more and more pressure on us as digital marketers to succeed. Everything is measurable, you know, so there's nowhere to hide. If things are not going well, everyone's going to know. So you need to assess that and adapt what you're doing accordingly. So how do we do it? Well, I'm not an expert, but I do have a few tips. So the first one, which makes me laugh, uh, is eat the dog food. So when I joined Serpico, um, I sat down with one of the board members and we were talking about a client that I just started working on. And they were a family history company, so they specialised in genealogy. Now I'd never done a family tree or anything like that, and he said, well you need to eat the dog food, obviously. And I was like, what? Never heard this phrase. What do you mean? So I went away, used their services to make a family tree to really understand how it all worked, um, why people would buy it, why their tool was better than their competitors, everything. And then I formulated their PPC strategy. And because of that, I was able to really understand things and make a much better uh, plan for them. So that's the first one, eat the dog food. Um, and the second one is adapt. So I want to just make a really big point about data. So that we have more data than ever now available to us. You know, every type of business, whatever it is, has got some data. Um, and there's so many different ways that you can use that now. So I'll go through a few examples of how we can use data in PPC to drive business growth. So we work with Hiscox. Um, in case no one's heard of them, they're a business insurance provider. Um, particularly, they're interested in premium business insurance policies. So we work with Hiscox. Um, and they're very good at the way they market their business you know, to today's market in terms of they provide immediate coverage, um, they tailor their policies and their award-winning customer service. So having spent some time really understanding their business and who their ideal customers are, we learnt a lot about them. And we bid on PPC on terms like business insurance. It's a very broad term. You can imagine the cost per click is very, very high. And Anyone could search for business insurance, you know, anyone from a one-man band who's just set up his own um, marketing company, all the way through to someone really, really senior at Google that's looking for a policy for the whole group. His cocks are very much interested in the big policies, of course, and they are not at all interested in, you know, the one-man band who wants a £20 policy. But when you bid on a keyword like this, it's very, very difficult to understand what, you know, what that person is that's searching whether they are that kind of low-value one-man band or you know, the policyholder that Hiscox would want. And when we started working with Hiscox about four years ago, there wasn't really any way to segment this information. We just had to spend money on this, basically, a lot of money, and hope that lots of good leads would come through. And what we found was 
we were getting loads and loads of leads for his cocks, but at least half of them were absolutely of no interest to them. So it was wasting money. So we did something that is, is pretty clever. Um, it wasn't me that did it. I'm not going to take credit. It was our team. I'm not that techie. Um, but basically, we extrapolated all the data from Hiscox's internal core customer data, and we cross-matched it to Google's in-market audiences. So Google Ads has these market audiences that basically will look at what customers are doing or audiences are doing online and pinpoint them into different categories based on what they think they might be in the market for. So I'll give you an example. If somebody has been um, looking at loads of, been on loads of trade websites for plumbing equipment, um, they would put them as in the market for plumbing stuff. So Google's got these audiences, great. We've got this data from Hiscox. We know the types of people they're interested in now. We cross-matched it in basically in Excel, in an insight tool, to pinpoint the audiences that were really of interest to Hiscox. Surprise, surprise, it's all the people at the top that are in really kind of um, senior type roles, you know, people in sales, marketing, executive management jobs. The people in green, this is who Hiscox wants as their customers. And the people in red, plumbers and stuff, they're not interested in. So we took that data and we uploaded it back into Search Ads 360 and we bidded much more aggressively on the kind of high value executive management type people when they searched for business insurance. And if someone was in the category of plumber or tradesman, we decreased the bids drastically because we're not interested in them, right? And this worked really, really well. Within a month, we had an 8% increase in quotes. We had 41% decrease in cost per quote, which is phenomenal. It shows you how much money we were wasting on those plumbers and stuff. Um, and 85% of the campaigns that we run are now spent via audiences. So it's completely changed the way we run our PPC campaigns just because we looked at the data. And we got an article published, which was really nice. So we'll send this round after, so if anyone wants to read a bit more. So the second thing I want to talk about is embracing technology. So a lot of people that work in PPC are quite nervous about machine learning and AI and all these tools that Google's releasing that's you know, going to kill off all our jobs. Really try not to think that way. There's always going to be the need for people to run the machine, I feel. And by embracing it, you can achieve great things. So we work with a client called Sophia Webster. In case you don't know them, they do really, really high-end luxury shoes. This is an example of my favourite pair. I don't have any. I aspire to have some. They're like 500 quid. Um, anyway, so we work with Sophia Webster, and um, I've lost my train of thought there thinking about shoes. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So Sophia Webster sells shoes online and in stores. And so a big part of their PPC campaign is shopping, of course. And you know, we've been working with them for about a year and the shopping campaigns were quite good, fairly profitable. But of course, as PPC lovers, we want to do more. So we introduced something that Google released called Smart Shopping. And this is a type of campaign where you very much give the control over to Google and you say, okay, Google, you do the bidding. You know, you look at who's likely to buy, who's not, and we'll just, you know, we'll just monitor it and see what happens. And this is a scary thing for account managers to relinquish that control. So we did it, and within about two weeks, we had a 900% increase in sales. It was ridiculous. Um, and we saw you know, a massive increase in ROI, 400%. I don't believe a human could ever have achieved that. 
you know, we couldn't ourselves adjust the bids every single time a person searched for shoes and we couldn't have predicted whether that would work. But Google can, so let it do it. Um, and we, you know, we saved loads of money as well. It wasn't just that we got more sales, we actually saved money. Um, so, you know, that was a great one, embrace technology. Yeah, the smart shopping. Smart shopping, yeah. Is that the first of I'm sure they'll keep tweaking it, but yeah. It's been around, I think, about a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, look into it more, definitely. But yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got a case set on this as well, which we can share. Um, I, I would definitely recommend testing it. You, you still need the account manager to monitor it and, you know, check out how it's working, but yeah, give up that control. So, the next and kind of final big example I've got is we work with Tops Tiles. And this goes back to the first point about really knowing the customer. So they're, they're a client of ours, you know, and they, they sort of instructed us to look after their PPC. But the PPC isn't the whole picture. Obviously, they've got lots and lots of stores. They make most of their money through their stores, not online. So we took the time to understand that and get to know their data, and it really, really paid off. So, this is another funny slide about the sequence of things that happened. Essentially, we took their store data and in Excel we matched that with their Google My Business account, which can basically Google My Business can track when users go, you know, from a PPC ad to then actually go and visit the store. And it can give you a lot of really exciting insights. And what we found was that for every one pound we made online, we were getting five pounds back in store. So, you know, such an amazing bit of insight because they were making so much more money offline and they would never have given us that credit had we not done that research with the Google My Business information. So off the back of that, we did lots of, you know, completely restructured the campaign basically to push people to stores. You know, we weren't trying to keep them online to get that revenue for our campaigns. We were saying, go to the store, it's a much better experience and you'll buy more basically. <laughs> And, you know, again, the results were great. We got a 9% increase in traffic, but more importantly, we got 6% more revenue online and offline. So we weren't just thinking about the PPC campaign, we're thinking about the whole picture here. So, obviously, PPC is fundamental to business success. Everybody knows this, I hope. Um, I just want to talk about two examples, finally, of companies that I've either worked with or seen that aren't doing this so well, because sometimes it highlights the point even more if you think about that. And the first one is Toys R Us. Now, I hope the vi video is going to play because you're going to love it, I can tell. Let's see. Oh, we've got no sound. The music's the best bit. He knows. We don't need it. I don't know all the words. <laughs> exactly. What a man. We don't need it, don't worry. <laughs> so. Doesn't it make you feel good just hearing that? Watch it again, I promise, it does. Um, so, I love Toys R Us. I'm really sad they've gone bust, obviously. When I was a kid, they were just like, you know, the go-to toy store. You all know what I'm talking about. And I never, I thought they'd be around forever, right? And in a previous um, company I worked at, we signed them up as a client. And I thought, amazing, I'm getting to get to work on Toys R Us. This is going to be the best client ever. You know, we're going to do so many cool things. We're going to really do some amazing marketing. And there was two things that they couldn't really change about their business, they couldn't adapt, um, that I think contributed to their downfall. 
So the first one is online to store. They could not attribute any sales that were started with a PPC ad or online and then finished in store. So a lot of people would click on an ad, they'd reserve a product, but then they'd send it to store and go and pay in store to pick it up. It was like 50% of their sales, massive. So we could see those sales coming through, brilliant. We then went to Toys R Us and said, okay, a lot of our revenue is going to store. This is great, can we push it more? Oh no, that's the, that's the store's revenue. Don't count that, don't worry about that. And we couldn't get them to change their mindset on it. It was bonkers. I was so mad because we could have done so many cool things with that information. It got to the point where we almost started devaluing the store sales because we weren't going to get credit, which is just, yeah, mad. And then the second thing is they spent a lot of money on TV. Now, that's great. It always worked really well for them. They spend millions at Christmas. Obviously, we all love the ad. However, you know, times change. Digital video is, you know, really important now, as I'm sure you all know. Things like video on demand is key. And as we know from the beginning, spend on TV is decreasing massively for a reason. So we said to them, you know, let us replay this amazing old ad to all of your kind of remarketing lists at Christmas. It will get you millions. And they just couldn't get their head around it. They couldn't take any budget from TV. They just weren't allowed to do it. And they gave us like a couple of hundred quid to test it. And it was great. It, it returned loads, but they just couldn't. They couldn't change that mindset into the digital age. Now, I'm not saying this is the reason they went bust, obviously. There's lots and lots of issues with their business. But I do think that that mindset and not adapting was, was a big problem for them. And the last example, oh no, I've got to show you this book. Um, it fits in a bit more to the previous talk where we're talking about adapting to change. So this book is great. If you haven't heard of it, buy it, read it. It's very short, takes like an hour to read. And it's all about anticipating the change around you and not waiting and think, you know, waiting to, for things to change. You know, anticipate that and, and crack on and do whatever you want to do, basically. Really, really good book. Thoroughly recommend it. Toys R Us needed it, clearly. So the last example I've got is this ad that I got served on Facebook from Amazon. So I've got a toddler at home, and he's about the right age to start potty training. And Amazon served me this helpful ad for this product that I actually need. I don't know how they, they must have profiled me as a parent, because I've never looked at this. It's not remarketing, OK? Um, and they sent me this really good ad. And you know, I actually do need that. <laughs> Weird, not for me, my son, um, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's even got a shop now button. So, you know, that's great. I'll just click on it and buy it, right? Annoyingly, when you click on it, it takes you to the App Store to download the app. Fine, I download the app. Then it takes me through to the app homepage, not the product. By this point, I've forgotten the name of the product. I've lost interest. I don't buy it. So I just don't buy it. And I never did buy that. Sorry, Amazon. So they are not thinking about the full customer journey. They're just pushing ads out there and hoping really, really wrong, and they're missing a trick because they could be making a killing. You know, I don't know why they haven't got a buy now, and with one click, you know, my credit card details are already stored in Amazon. They could buy that in one click. Missing out. So, that's the end. Um, just in summary, you know, always assess what's going on with whatever it is you're doing. Really, really important, and get to know your customers. Really understand what they care about and what makes them tick. If they're not happy with something, why? What can you change? And then adapt your business and your strategy to it. 
And the last note, which I think Joe might like, is just enjoy it and celebrate the success because life moves really fast and especially in marketing, we don't take that much time to celebrate and enjoy it. I'm certainly guilty of this. So do that bit the most. That's it. Yeah.